0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Our text this evening is Matthew chapter 23, verse 4. They, that is, the Pharisees, tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. This is the text. You may be seated. Well, you've probably heard people say something to the effect of, there are too many hypocrites in the church, that's why I haven't joined. And you've probably also heard the common response to such a statement, well, come on in, there's always room for one more. The message tonight should make us all squirm just a little. Or maybe even an awful lot. The opposite of true religion is false religion. And who among us isn't guilty of a little play-acting about our religion, especially when it comes to living out our religion? Who among us doesn't have a public face and a private face, a spiritual sitting room, so to speak, where the real person sits, warts and all? Will the real you please stand up? And this is our theme tonight. Although we can be phonies in our religious life and not practice what we preach, God calls us to practice true religion and to say, I'm not good. I'm forgiven. In our text, Jesus is speaking, as I said, of the Pharisees who proudly called attention to their works, but actually were self-indulgent and loveless toward others. In a nutshell, they did not practice what they preached. Nobody likes a phony. Perhaps we're better at spotting phoniness in others than we are in ourselves. Phonies are people who make sure that their name is on the letterhead of civic and charitable organizations, but don't lift a hand to do any of the work. Phonies take courses in listening skills and sensitivity training, but then they use that knowledge to manipulate people rather than to help them. The insincerity of a phony is eventually spotted. The phony likes to use people. The phony is a pretender. Are you ever a phony? The worst kind of phony is the phony Christian. For false, phony, hypocritical Christians can hurt the faith of others. And they eventually come to believe their own lies. Phony religion led to the excesses of the Middle Ages and the Spanish Inquisition. Phony religion made the Reformation necessary. It's phony religion that is preached and proclaimed so often by the televangelists. Phony religion is evident when a church like one in Kentucky proclaims We are seven miles from any known form of sin. Religious fanatics believe that they alone have the truth and that everyone else is the enemy. The portion of the Passion reading that we heard tonight from Matthew focuses on Jesus' confrontation with the high priest Caiaphas. Jesus represents true religion here. And Caiaphas represents false religion that has gotten out of hand. Caiaphas was one of those Pharisees. The Pharisees followed 613 rules that interpreted the commands of God. It's been said that the Pharisees put a fence around the law with the thinking that as long as you stay outside of that fence, you won't even come close to transgressing the actual law. And so these 613 rules were their guardians to make sure that they always obeyed. And so they kept them and insisted that others do the same, even if they weren't a Pharisee. For them, religion was not a matter of the heart responding to God's love, It was a matter of keeping cold rules and regulations. Those rules left no room for penitent, weak believers. Phony religion like that of Caiaphas happens when goodness becomes the central mark of the Christian's life. If one is good, then one is a believer. If one is not good, then one is not a believer. The church is composed of only good people. No one else need apply. In a wealthy parish of suburban St. Louis, a voting member once proposed that membership in the congregation be by invitation only. Happily, the resolution did not pass. Jesus came to seek and save all people. He spoke about the 99 and the 1. If goodness is the mark, one of two things happens. We either become phonies and hypocrites or we're led to despair. That is, if we must be good, we will try to keep outwardly whatever rules need to be kept in order to be considered good. Inevitably, one day we'll either get weary of living rigidly under the rules or we'll try to cover up all of the bad things we do. Then we'll be quick to condemn others. We'll have absolutely no word of hope for those who don't keep the rules because there is no hope. On the other hand, we may not try to cover up, but the result will be just as tragic we will have nowhere to go. For if only good people can be accepted by a good God and by His good followers, we will despair of any hope. Jesus broke through the goodness trap and insisted that the mark of the believer is not goodness, it is forgiveness while the Pharisees and the scribes whispered snidely, condescendingly, this man eats with sinners. The sinners rejoiced to say, this man eats with sinners. Lost sheep know that they have strayed, have not been good, and would be lost forever. Had the Good Shepherd not come and gone to the bramble bush of the cross, taken their badness on himself, and died. Out of an open tomb he comes, shouting for all to hear Look who I found! Rejoice with me! We're going to hear that this coming Sunday. And the who? The ones he's carrying? Are you and me? The renewal of true religion happens when we confess that the religion of our goodness is false. It gets in the way of the good shepherd. True religion happens when we know and believe that we lost sheep have been found. That's what the Christian faith is all about. We have a Savior who receives sinners and communes with them, who lives in them, who changes their hearts into hearts of love so that they're able to say with gladness and joy, there is hope for others. After all, look at what God has done and is still doing with someone like me. Can you see in your life where phony religion can be overcome by the true religion that flows from the cross? True religion happens when we make sure that our lives point to Jesus, who receives sinners and eats with them. We say, Look at me. I'm not good. I'm forgiven. We need to say that to those who have wronged us so that they may know of another way to live. We need to say this to our children so that they are not burdened with the guilt of not being good enough, but are free in the joy of being forgiven sinners like us. We need to say that in our churches so that no one fails to enter them because they feel unworthy and that no one who enters our churches leaves without knowing that Jesus receives them and offers his love and forgiveness to them. A pastor once passed through the narthex of the church and, unknown to his secretary, overheard her talking to a stranger who was sitting in the back pew. May I help you? asked the secretary. No, said the woman. I only came into this church to pray. I'm not really a member anywhere. Well, said the secretary, I want you to know that whatever burdens you have, you need not bear them alone. Our people will help you bear your cross. Yes, Jesus receives sinners. His goodness becomes ours. And goodness isn't wrong, of course. We ought to be good, for goodness is a fruit of the Spirit. But goodness is not our chief mark. Faith in Christ, who forgives our sins, our lack of goodness, that is our chief mark. Caiaphas declared Jesus not good. He declared Jesus guilty. Yet that was God's plan that the innocent Jesus, who is good in every way, would be declared guilty so that he might take our guilt on himself to the cross and crucify our guilt to death in his body. We live by faith in Christ, who is our substitute and the source of all goodness. Faith is not static. It is not faith in a set of religious propositions behind which we can conveniently hide. Faith is a loving relationship that trusts in God's mercy and responds in godly action. To proclaim that Christian education is important without growing in it and making sure that our Sunday school children grow in it is phony. To say that we have an important mission and ministry as Christ's church without supporting that mission with our time, talents, and treasures is phony. To say that Christ has called us to demonstrate our faith through acts of loving service to the world around us without acting on that belief is phony. It is to be religious without true religion who is Jesus, standing before us, wanting to put his nail-marked hands into the bramble bush where we have strayed. What a terrible thing phony religion is. It is essentially living a lie, not just before people, but most tragically, before God. That was the tragedy of Caiaphas. That's the tragedy that can befall us if we live the lie that we are good. For if we were, we wouldn't need God. But we do need God. For we are not good. God knows that. So He gave us Jesus. Regardless of the bramble bush of guilt, self-protection, or a judgmental nature in which you may live, let go with a shout. Here I am, hiding, guilty, and helpless. Reach for me, God. He will. He has in Jesus. And He will put you on His shoulders and carry you home rejoicing. And you'll rejoice too. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.